Good morning. We'll transition with you. Uh, you got a worship guide when you came in? Hey, show those to me if you got them. Just hold them up. That's awesome. Uh, so a lot of you got them. Now fill them out. Okay, here we go. It, it's funny. A lot of times I just find these in people's Bibles and notes all over them. And sometimes they have grocery lists. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> I guess it was a slow point. And, uh, but all kind of scriptural insights. And, and then some people have them in files and notebooks. And then uh, when people die, I'll get their Bibles. And sometimes these will fall out. And uh, I'll know if you're a good note taker. Okay. So starting this brand new series today. Fill in the blank. Didn't, didn't you just love those tests in school? No. You liked the multiple choice, didn't you? Because you had opportunity. You didn't have to know as much. But when it said, fill in the blank, I'm like, duh. Like, I need to like, prepare, study for that. Oh, I was thinking over the next two weeks, today, some things that we need to fill in the blank, that we need to, uh, I, I want to stop doing some things. And you would fill in that blank. So today, right now, you might write across the top of your worship guide something that you want to stop doing. And then next weekend, you're saying, well, I don't want anybody to look. Okay. And then next weekend, we're going to talk about things that we want to start doing. But we want to fill in the blanks. And I'm going to, uh, I've got a room for four, but I've added a fifth one. And maybe they apply to you. If not, they probably apply to the person next to you. Okay. Why don't you just turn to the person next to you and go, hey, this one's for you. Okay. You're like, what's he going to talk about today? Well, you know, we, we, we struggle, don't we? I mean, just as humanity, we all struggle with different things and have strongholds and things that hold us back. And um, we, uh, habits really uh, break us and they also define us. I mean, you know, healthy, holy habits. Maybe some things we'll talk about next weekend. Those are, are good disciplines to build into our life. But there's those other things that just really kind of destroy us physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially. We had a situation, we're not going into any detail, but I just had somebody come to me, Amy did. Uh, she was telling me about over at Costco, some, the young man that just got in a lot of trouble and actually took his life. And she says they're, they're having a lot of grief counselors on site to try to help some people there, be praying for them. And, and I'm just thinking, so there's a lot of things that happen in our world, and, and a lot of it, you know, is, is because of our poor choices and our, our sin nature and us acting on our sin. So I think some of these today will maybe speak to you. So I want, to, I want us to pray. And I want us to just be open and be asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is there something that you want to put your finger on? One of these things our pastor talks about today or something he didn't mention? Because I noticed something happened last week. I asked y'all to fill out the cards and give me a lot of ammunition. And most of you didn't fill them out. So I, I served the perfect church, Christ's perfect church. It's amazing. CPC, we're renaming the church this week. We are not. But some of you did write some things, and I took some liberties and took some others. So let's pray. Lord, we want you to speak right now about the blank of our heart, about the things in our heart that maybe we need to root out today, that we need to rid ourselves up. And Lord, there's some things that are holding us back. So today I ask you, Father, to show us personally, corporately, what we need to stop. Help us overcome the things that entangle us that we might gain victory through Jesus. Amen. Look at the first one. Stop worrying. And some of you in this room, you can look at the person next to you and just like, man, my goodness, man, he's talking to me. Number one, I'm a worry wart. <clears throat> and some people have been called that all your life or you broke that habit and that's a good thing. But I just think, I, I read this thing, I thought it was interesting. The cause of worry, we worry about 
food, clothing, health, medicine, future, whatever. But 40% of what we worry about will never happen. 30% has already happened. 12% is unfounded criticism from others. And 10% is our health. The last 8% is the actual problems we have to do something about. That means that 92% at least of our worry is completely useless. And worrying about the 8% didn't help the situation one bit, did it, church? And we say, well, I've heard that before. I know that. My grandmom used to say, don't worry, honey. Don't worry. I'll worry for you. And I'm just wondering. There's some things this morning that maybe you're worried about the future. You're worried about your job. You're worried about your school. You're worried about your grade. You're worried about your car. You're worried about this. I mean, we could just go up and down the roads going, what are you worried about? Everybody go, Pastor, I'm not worried. I'm concerned. See, that's a spiritual word we say in the church. I don't worry. I'd be happy. Yeah, whatever. I need to go sing a reggae song. Okay. The cost of worry. You know, like, uh, you know, sometimes we worry about that house payment or that interest that we're having to pay on those items or those credit cards, and it just, it just, just, uh, just goes and goes and grows. Worry, I like this. Worry is the interest we pay when we borrow from tomorrow's problems. You know, Jesus said, let tomorrow take care of itself. Today's got enough worries of its own. But tomorrow, like right now, how many of you are glad you don't know the future? I mean, right now, if you knew, hey, there's a major storm coming to Montgomery, and it's going to blow us off the map. Let's sit around in a circle and hold hands. <laughs> Shoot, this place would be packed if I could predict stuff like that. But probably nobody would be here. You'd be home throwing up boards and driving south or driving west or east, getting away from it. We don't know what the, you know, your health. Right now, everybody, for the most part, and I know Mike has been battling cancer and has overcome and got a good scan and people, but right now, we don't know if there's something healthy in our body or not. You know, my wife is, is, is into very preventative health, and I'm grateful for that. But sometimes I'm thinking, if I'm honest, do I want to know if there's something going on? Is anybody like me? I do want to know because that's smart. Then you can do something about it. But sometimes when we don't know the future, that's kind of blissfulness, we think. But that's really not wise because if we know, maybe we can take steps that will lead us to be healthy. So worry is the, the opposite of faith. And Jesus said, have great faith. If you have faith, you can move mountains. If you have worry, it's like a rocking chair. All it does is it rocks and it goes nowhere. We got right back. Look over there, right there. There's, there's two glasses there. And that's a room for new moms and for people that have migraine headaches that I give. <laughs> and there's rocking chairs in there. And I've gone in there before, and people go in there, and they rock. And they've never moved an inch. They just sit there. And they can just take all their burdens and worries, hopefully to the Lord, not to the person sitting next to them. I mean, I'd be concerned if that room was bigger than this room, that we're like, that's where everybody goes, man, so they can share our problems and be, you know, just, you know, a support group, whatever. All right. So when we worry... You know what I learned about worry? When you and I worry, we torment ourselves. We, uh, we destroy our spiritual life. We hurt our physical health. And this morning, this is just such a simplistic word. I'm going to give you scriptures. I can give you so many more. But Jesus knew. He just knew that in 2017, we would be a people filled with anxiety and being anxious. And 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7, I think I wrote it right there. 
in the Amplified Version, listen how it puts it. Therefore, humble yourselves, demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you. Casting the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, and all of your worries, all of your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and he cares about you watchfully. And I'm just thinking this morning, Jesus cares. Are y'all thrilled as I am that Jesus is really concerned about who's going to win the Super Bowl today? He's in heaven and he's going, is Tom Brady going to get another one? I don't think so. He already knows the outcome. He told me. No, that'd be cool if I had that kind of power. Like, I went in my closet and Jesus told me. I promise you, if we would, I would probably give some money to somebody else so you could go get the church out of debt, okay? Just because we knew. We don't know. And that's not a big deal to Jesus. I mean, you know, it's a big deal if people are kind and gracious and they honor him and their attitudes, but it's not about who wins the Super Bowl, who doesn't. Or if you get into this school or that. I mean, sometimes we make these things so big and we're thinking, man, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be that rocking chair. But First Peter there, just think about it. Stop worrying. But then there's this other great passage when I think about these problems and worries. It's Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It's a scriptural prescription that we get so many times. And, and I've read it in so many translations. I've meditated on it. I've memorized it in translations. I, I love this word, but I'm going to read it to you. For some reason today, I want to share a little bit more out of the Amplified, and then I'll go NLT and NIV, different translations. But here it goes. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing... Nothing from God is being content with this earthly lot or whatever sort that is. That peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then leave this uh, scripture on the screen behind me. I think it's from the NIV. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, choke, worry. It didn't say that. It says pray, present. So this morning, let's be real practical. Every one of us has something that occupies our thinking a little more than it should possibly. And that's the very petition Jesus is calling you and I to make right now. Jesus, this situation has occupied far too much of my energy and health and time. I want to give it up today. I want to lay it down. I want your peace to come and to invade and to guard my heart. Hey, I just got a question that's nothing spiritual. Is it hot as Hades or is it just me? All right, that was a cue for somebody just to see if they could get a little air going. Okay, because like right now I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm going to pass out up here. Okay. And, and I told you last week I might go in and, you know, I might go in the middle of a sermon to heaven. Well, that wouldn't be going to heaven. That'd just be falling out. Okay, here we go. Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything in the NLT. Why do you need to let go of your worry because it just honors Jesus. Now let's look at the second one. So we want to stop worrying. Now we want to stop stressing. Stressing's a cousin to worry, isn't it? And this morning, some people say, oh, oh, pastor, I was so stressed on the way over here. It's Sunday morning. Traffic's not very heavy. Now, I live over off Taylor Road, and a lot of you do, and, and I'm going to tell you, I, I've gotten a little more stressed the last few years. The traffic's really picked up. 
I went to seminary in Atlanta, and Don and I don't live in Atlanta for a lot of reasons. The main reason is called traffic, okay? Just don't like all that. So as everything's grown out east and Taylor Road and that artery's just got getting clogged up, I mean, like, and, and I'm a threat to kind of run tight late anyway, it just messes you up. you got to leave about 15 minutes earlier certain times of the day, and somebody's like, is he talking to me? Well, I might be. All right, here we go. Here's a couple comments. Worry. Just, this whole thing about worry, I want to go back to about with stress, and I want to piggyback back on worry a minute. Worrying is unreasonable, okay? It just exaggerates the problem. It's unnatural. It's unhelpful. When you and I worry or stress out, it just doesn't change the situation. It just doesn't. And yet, I, I know I used to worry a lot more, and I, and I still struggle with it. I, I just do as a leader. Proverbs 14.30 says, A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. I bet everybody in this room today says, I want a healthy body. I want to live long, and I want to be, uh, live a life that's vital and powerful and enthusiastic and is uh, a blessing to the Lord. A part of that is you have to have a peaceful heart. And that's the things that we meditate on, that we run to the Lord, and wor- that whole worry is unnecessary. And, and the whole worry and stress thing is that God says, oh, 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 bring that to me, but put your faith in me. Let, let your faith overcome your worry. I say this morning, some of us, our faith is maybe a little small today. Maybe, maybe it's diminished because of a, an, un, an unanswered prayer, a situation. You don't feel like God bailed on you or God didn't come through. And what I know of walking with Christ for a lot of years is that Christ never leaves me, never forsakes me. Christ is always with me. Sometimes he might seem a little absent and definitely a little quiet. I've had seasons in my, whole, in my soul where I feel like, God, you're being so quiet. People always say, what's God saying? What's God saying? Sometimes it just gets a little quiet. It stills me down. It slows me down. Sometimes it scares me a little bit. Can you remember, can you imagine living in the period of Malachi to Matthew? There was a period of 400 years that God didn't speak. Oh, man. I just can't imagine that period where God wasn't speaking. He withdrew. And then he came on the scene full-blown with Jesus, and boy, then did he start speaking through him and the prophets. Just this whole thing, stress, remembering the focus factor. What am I focusing on this morning? Now, the stressing thing I'm just thinking about, have you ever said these words, I'll never get this done, I can't do anything right, if I don't do this perfectly, I'm a failure, I'm a horrible, horrible partner, parent, employee, boss, person, I stink. You ever said that? Some of you in this room go, Man, how did you know? I said all those things on the way in. You got to get rid of that kind of thinking. Man, that stresses me out just reading that list. If I went around talking to myself, when I heard Kelvin Elko several weeks ago, the great guy that inspires and coaches University of Alabama, he talked about this self-talk. And I want to talk to myself from the scriptures. And I think it's healthy that we talk to ourselves. You're going, man, what kind of medicine you on? It's, how many of you believe it's healthy to talk to yourself from a scriptural standpoint and to rehearse what God says about you? I promise you, it can change your life. It can transform your mind, your heart, your situation. In Matthew eleven twenty nine through 30, Jesus just has these, these words. You've heard them. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is light. And, and then he goes on to say, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus goes, you can stay stressed out, Keith, or you can cash that in. You can trade that. You can exchange that for peace. And this morning, somebody's going, man, he's already got me worrying and stressing, and these things are holding me back. 
And, uh, and sometimes we think, if I can just, have you, ever, have you ever brought into this? I have. If I can just get out of this current situation and I can just go down here, all my stress will be gone. Hold it. Time out. When you go down here and you're on a beach somewhere secluded, guess who goes? You. And that stress many times come with you. I remember a few years ago, I was on the beach, and it's one of my favorite places to worship and enjoy my family. And I got this phone call from the church in a situation, and, and I felt my stress level just go. I mean, one time the alarm went off here. This is way before Blake got here. I'm so thankful for him and others. But I remember I was, I was, in, a, uh, I was in a Walmart in Orange Beach. Uh, that's purgatory. That's all I'll tell you, okay? Place is crazy. People are not friendly. They're running nuts. And, and I was standing there, and I got a phone call. And somebody said, Keith, the alarm went off. And here's what I wanted to say. I don't care. But I'm the pastor, so I didn't say that. And I said, really? What do you want me to do about it? Well, we thought you should know it's going off. I said, you got a car? They said, we do. Why don't you drive over there and turn it off? Thank you. Bye. You're saying, you're so compassionate. Well, I mean, there's just certain things you can't do anything about. You know what I'm saying? There's some things right now stressing you out, and you can't do nothing about it. And some of you are like, oh, oh okay, okay, okay. All right, so admit your stress. Make a list. Some of you love lists, don't you? I mean, I love lists. I make lists every day. I got a notebook full of every day, and I make these lists. And you know what I like best about my list? I mark through it, and I highlight it. Done! I love to come home, and I have a done list. Now, I've always got a list that's always going and I don't ever seem to complete. For me, that just works for my personality. I feel like I accomplished these things. These are tangible. I know I accomplished it. Some of you are like, I don't have time to make a list. That's fine. And some of you are just like, I just want to stay stressed out and stress out everybody in my world because that's fun. That's my job. That is not a spiritual gift, okay? Look at this right here. Look in the yellow box. This is real practical. This will help you. Number one, refresh daily with God's Word. If you want to overcome stress, you've got to feed yourself on God's Word. Psalm 1-3. That the man who delights in God's word will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, and whatever he or she does prospers. God, would you feed me and my friends your word daily? Would you refresh us with your presence and your word and your application? God, could we be obedient to your word that somehow we might be refreshed as we love your word, as we hide it in our hearts? Secondly, Take a day each week to rest. In this church, we have people on every end of the spectrum. We have people that take lots of days a week to rest, and we have people that never take a day. And the whole rest thing is God's idea. It's called the Sabbath. I've preached on that before. I'm not going to preach on that right now, but it's a Sabbath principle. God made us to renew to rest that we might recharge and be ready to go. If you, just, if, if you violate it, write down Exodus 20, verse 8, great verse. Genesis 2, 2. I love where after God created the world. I mean, is that a big job? I think. Not for him, but it would be for us. And on the seventh day, he did what? He ceased his labor. He rested. You know, today, a lot of you have, some people have to go to work on Sundays, and you have to run to work from here. 
man, you're like, man, I got to find another time. I'm just saying somewhere, somehow, you got to find a place for your soul. So there it is. Refresh daily with God's word. Take a day each week to rest. Here, here's the third one. This is real simple. Learn to say no. Some of you are like, I have no problem with that. I say no, no, no. Well, you need to start saying yes. But some of you need to learn to say no. No, no is a good thing. Like sometimes you, you say no about things around the church. And I don't particularly like that, but it might be that that's what you need to say no to. You don't need to do that. But then there's a lot of other things that you can say yes to in the church or in your life or in your family, in your business or whatever. So you just learn to say, Lord, I, I just want to trust you. I want to, I want to practice what you want. So for some of you are going to walk away today just going, I need to learn to practice the saying no because I say yes to everything. And by saying yes to everything, I miss a lot of God's best because I'm just overspent. I'm overrun. I'm exhausted. I'm spent. I'm drained. I'm out of control. And God wants to slow you down. And then those are the ones I put. The fourth one is be intentional about what goes into your mind. Are you intentional about what you put in here? Remember G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out? Do you believe that? I do. And we take God's word and we put it in our spirits and we meditate and we chew and we reflect and we purpose to act and to apply it. Man, there's a blessing. And we reject it and ignore it and push it away. We miss God's best for our life here. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. See, Jesus already told us in, a, in his word. I want you to make this your new pattern. Because, see, here it is. Stop worrying. Stop stressing. Now, I want to move to this one because I want you to hear this. I think it's so important that we hear it today. Is that we stop comparing. Now, listen. Listen to me. It's not like Charles Stanley. He always says that. Listen to me. All right, listen carefully. Social media has created comparison monsters. PK, that's a quote. Okay. I like social media. I think there's a thing for it. There's a lot of things we get out with it, but it also destroys people and also makes us compare. Sometimes I read all this stuff and I was reading all these books and quotes this week. And some of these families, like, if we're not careful, social media is about projecting an image that you want everybody to know, but it's not the life you have, but you want everybody to think that's the life you got. And you want to make them miserable because they're not as good as you. And somebody just said, man, he went to preaching good. And somebody said, I, I ain't listening to him. I ain't meddling. I'm working right now on my image of this afternoon about how good I'm going to look. All right, whatever. But social comparison. There's a university study a bunch of university studies done about this, and they talked about that we, we've, got to, we've got to slow down. We've got to stop this. We've got to just quit filling ourselves with it because it's destroying us. And this whole comparing, uh, if I say the word OCD, what does it mean? Well, that was the old term, obsessive compulsive disorder. And somebody in this room going, I'm a little OCD. I'm a little OCD. I'm like, no, you're a lot OCD. And there's a, no, there's a new OCD that I, I read about. It's obsessive comparison disorder. And you're always comparing yourself to everybody else. There's only one problem. When you compare yourself with everybody else, you always come up short. There's just nothing about it. There's always somebody smarter, wiser, stronger, richer, 
whatever, just, just something you want. And they're like, oh, my goodness. And they're like, I'm messing with Superman. I don't need Supergirl. You know, they're just, everywhere I go, man, all these benefits, you know, they just, they, they get everything. And Facebook, if we're not careful, I think it's good, but it can lead us to serious depression. If you go, man, my life is not as good as theirs. And, and, and the thing is, they lied about it anyway, okay? No, no, I, I, I don't believe that. I, I believe a lot. Well, I do sometimes. I, I believe a lot of it's truth. Life is, can, can be that good, and you share a lot of great things. That's, and maybe it encourages others. Amen. But sometimes, you know, you're just putting stuff, or people are just putting stuff out there, and it's like, man, this is, this is just making me envious, making me proud, making me jealous, making me want to go mark, tear their car up. I mean, you, you got some kind of disorder if you want to do that. I mean, that's just bad, okay? But you don't compare yourself. I, I, wanna, I want you to see this quote that's going to come up. Comparison is the thief of joy, said Theodore Roosevelt. It just steals your joy. God, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God, you have given me this incredible family. Father, you have given me this opportunity, and you celebrate what God's done. But if we're not careful, if we're always comparing, our joy just, it's gone. And there's another quote by Jonathan Weiss. Social media is to envy what gasoline is to fire. Don't you like that? Write that down. Leave it up there on the screen. I just want you to think about it, man. And, and, and I, I'm not trying to bash social media because, man, I've got a Facebook account and I've got an Instagram account and I've got all that stuff and I'm going to continue to use that. And I think it's the way we communicate. And I think there's a lot of good in that. And we learn a lot of good. But I also see the destructive part where people compare and where people destroy other people's lives with no regard of what they would ever say in public one-on-one. I call it chicken. <laughs> and it's just detrimental to others. And so Jesus wants us to to love. Listen to 2 Corinthians 10, 12. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Scripture just says you're not wise. Look, look right here in your outline. It's already spelled out for you. You might even circle a word or two. Galatians 6, 4 for the CEV, the Contemporary English Version. Do your own work well, and then you will have something to be proud of. But don't compare yourself to others. This is a real simple word today. Comparing yourself to other people. Fighting the unwinnable fight. The thing that I think we should compare ourselves to is the Word of God. The Word being the standard, the, the plumb line, and we compare ourselves to what God says. And then we see adjustments that we need to make according to the word of the Lord. Um, I went out this morning. My wife didn't know this. When I left the house before I got here, I went shopping this morning. And I wanted to see if I could get y'all fired up, okay? And I was thinking about how we compare stuff. So this morning, there you are. All right, which one do you like, Golden Flake or Lay's? Which one, Golden Flake or Lay's? See, look at that, man. Come on, y'all, the church. We're unified. What are y'all fighting about? Who gives a rip? Okay, all right, all right, there we go. I read a story about missionaries one time. They said when they came back to America, the roughest thing about going away and coming back was when they left, there were four kinds of chips. Now there's a whole row of chips. They said, man, it was exhausting. Okay, here we, here we go. All right, here we go. I'm wondering here. What's the best, Colgate or Crest? Colgate. Come on, yell it. That's awesome. We split over toothpaste. God knows. Help us. All right, here we go. Got a couple more. All right, here we go. Now I'm really going to mess you up. 
What's the best? Regular or peanut M&Ms? Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's the best? It's all gargled. Oh, no, I'm going to have a good time this afternoon, me and Mama. Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. All right, now, I really want to mess you up for the last compare. Are you a Pepsi drinker or a Coke drinker? Who cares? Okay, anyway. Isn't it interesting? This is kind of fun. Hey, baby, I just want you to know, I'm getting ready for the Super Bowl, okay? I'm having a few snacks here. Hey, and then, and then I'm going to brush my teeth. You pick, Colgate or Chris. All right. Isn't that awesome? I know you're going, you're a fool. I told you I was going to be a fool for Christ. Comparing. See, we, we compare all these items. I, I could, I, matter of fact, I was walking through Walmart today, and I started to spend a lot more money, but I said, I, I, I can make the point just with a few. But I kept seeing stuff, thinking, hey, this would be fun, but that's going all day. Okay, Here, here's the next one. I want you to fill in real quick. Stop cussing. Whoa! Well, I'm just saying, that's what was wrote, written on the card. Should have been. Okay, here it is. So I just wrote down there, stop cussing. Uh, James 3, 6 through 9. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. If the whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body, it can set your whole life on fire for itself. It's set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Ephesians 4.29, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And I could give you all these different passages about our tongue and about our speech and is it wise or is it unwise. But at the end of the day, I just don't think it's really wise for a Christian to cuss, do you? I mean, I've been reading this Bible for a lot of years. And I've never found the section of Scripture that has the forbidden cuss words complete. It's a, there's a book called 1 Keith 2.6, and I want to read it to you now. No, I'd be adding, no. But we know which words are unfitting, don't we? <laughs> we do, don't we? Oh, man, you came back. Praise the Lord. I remember you. You were awesome. All right. But, you know, we, we know what we shouldn't say. If your mama was present, would you say it? No. If my girlfriend was present, no. If my pastor was present, no. So we know which words. And, and I could spend a lot of time on this, but... I just wanted you to know, sometimes we say, God, we want to, I hope we say it a lot, God, we want to have a renewed mind, a pure life. Like, uh, I run into people all the time, and they'll see me, oh, pastor, I was fixing to cuss, and you came around the corner. Okay. And sometimes I come around the corner, and they throw it out, and it hits me. Well, whoa, man, I didn't know you talked like that. Well, I, I don't, except on Saturdays. But, you know, I, tomorrow we'll be praising the Lord. I know you're going, man, you're crazy. I know, but this whole profanity thing. And out of control, Ephesians 5, 4, let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, nor crude joking, which is out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. We know what crude, abusive, foul, vile speech is, don't we, church? Yes. yes. But some people here are going, no, nah, man, I, I, you know, that's my Monday talk. That's my locker room talk. A lot of times coaches, I was a big athlete growing up, and coaches will tell me, well, that's just the way we talk. No, you don't have to. I mean, I've been called a lot of things. It wouldn't, but we love your mama. They, they say other things about me, okay? 
And God wants to clean us up. He wants us to have pure speech that reflects our creator. But then I'm going to give you the, the last one here that I didn't put in there, but I'm going to give it to you real quick. Stop lying. Oh, and I found so many verses on this. We're going to stay to one this afternoon, so y'all get ready to write. No, I, I did find a lot about stay holy, don't curse, and about how problematic lying is in our world and how the Bible takes it seriously not to lie but to honor Christ. Exodus 20, 16, do not testify falsely against your neighbor. Proverbs 11, 1, the Lord hates cheating, but he delights in honesty. Proverbs 12, 19, truth stands the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. We know our lies will find us out. The Bible says that our sins will find us out. And if we tell lies and we're in that habit, then God wants to break that in us, that we might have an amazing witness for him. So the word is, Lord, help us to stop. Help us to stop and think about what would honor you. What, what would you have me to say in that? Lord, help me to stop minimizing those things that aren't edifying to my friend or to you, Jesus. Lord, help me to not, like, guys, I'll just be honest with you, being a pastor, Everybody calls us liars when it comes to attendance and crowds because we, we've had a bad reputation about what we'll say. Oh, hey, there was somewhere under 500. I don't know, you know, like 500, man. I, you weren't even close. I know, but I could have said 1,500, you know. And, and people, and, and a lot of times we lie. You know what? We lie because we want to look better than we really are. So for me and for you, I'm just saying, God, help us to stop some things this year and help us maybe to stop lying because lying damages our relationships. It damages our witness. And we could... I, I just wrote down the verse here, Exodus, uh, Proverbs 11, 1, Proverbs 6, 16, 17, and 19, Leviticus 19, 11 through 12. Because we lie, I think, because we want to gain pleasure. And somehow we're going to get ahead, or we think we're going to get ahead of the other person by lying. And the Lord says, I detest lying lips. Those, those are not for me. I don't want you to try to impress others. I want you to impress me. So here it is. I'm going to ask somebody just to come to the piano. I think Jeremy or somebody. Just come as you are. I mean, some of these things today, this is so practical. This is one of those messages like, oh, my goodness, like, you got me five for five, or you got me two for five, or, hey, pastor, I'm 0 for five. I've, like, nailed all those. Awesome. Or you fill in your blank. What is it you want to stop this year? And so this morning, I just thought there's some things that we could talk about that might help us in our pursuit of Christ, that we would press on to know him more fully. And, and for each of us, we've got a blank to fill in. And uh, so maybe this afternoon, maybe before the Super Bowl festivities start, pull away for, with Jesus and say, Jesus, what is it that you want me to stop? I think he'll show you. And, uh, and then just say, Lord, give me courage now to act on that which you've told me. Let's pray. Lord, it is always good to be with your kids in your house on a Sunday morning. And Lord, I thank you that we can have fun and we can probe and we can be challenged and convicted by your word. So this morning, Lord, I pray that truth has reigned supreme, the truth of the living God, the word of Christ. Make it real in our hearts today. Lord, give us the strength and the spiritual desire to stop doing these things, and give us the discipline and the desire to start doing other things that we'll talk about next weekend. Draw us close, Lord Jesus. Lord, forgive me where I have blown it in blank area. Just ask the Lord right now to cleanse you and to forgive you. He will cleanse you now. 
His love endures forever. He's an amazing God. Help me stop comparing, Lord. Help me to trust you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.